Growing up in South Africa was a very, very interesting experience. South Africa is a very beautiful country and in many ways, I think, a country full of promise. But admittedly, it was very turbulent during the apartheid years. I grew up in the heat of those years, which the apartheid era began in 1948 and had sort of reached its pinnacle by my teenage years. And it was very, very difficult to be around all of that. I was blessed, however, to grow up in a, a wonderful, loving and strong Christian family in a beautiful home and had very good schools. I think as long as I can remember, my father has been a very well-respected Christian leader in the country. And so this provided the unusual privilege of getting to meet and be surrounded by leadership in many capacities. Obviously, whites and blacks lived apart. There was no interaction unless they were serving the white people or working for the white people. I remember going to the movies, looking at signs that said whites only. It was just wrong. It was wrong. The effects of apartheid were everywhere and you couldn't escape them or pretend that they weren't there because they were. I think the unemployment rate when I was in high school was maybe something around 48%. So you had a lot of people on the streets who were desperately poor, who were very hungry, they were uneducated, they were hurting, they were oppressed and angry, especially the youth, the teenagers, that were, they were angry from white oppression for so many years. And I think as a result of this unemployment, especially, the crime rate was ridiculously high. I think it was one of the highest crime rates in the world. I think one of the most obvious effects of apartheid for those living and experiencing it was that we all lived under very high levels of fear and uncertainty. And this wasn't just on the part of whites. This was blacks and whites just living with that high level of not knowing what tomorrow would bring. And I think to sum it up, what it was like to live there was a very, very interesting time to be there effectively watching history unfolding before our eyes. I ended up leaving South Africa right after high school and came to America to study at Covenant College as an international student. And I came in 1990, right after Mandela had been released. Without question, Mandela, he really had a profound impact on the country, I think more so than I could ever really put into words. He emerged from a man who was essentially named a terrorist and who would go to any length for justice. And he became a man of incredible humility and a sort of a quiet strength and power. I think he's best known for how he led and called the country to nonviolent ways and peaceful opposition. Mandela, I think for everybody, he symbolized the freedom struggle, standing for democracy and fair treatment of all people. I think for all of us, he embodied hope and promise. His way was not retaliation or violence. He called the country to peace, to forgiveness, to reconciliation. And if I look back at his release, it was really an absolutely defining and watershed moment for the country. But when he became president in 1994, the task for him was monumental. He had to figure out how to reunite a completely divided people. He was very, very self-assured 
in who he was as a leader. And I think that was one of the things that I, I respected very, very much about him. And he led the country to freedom and helped the nation understand that we needed to use the pain and the grief of the past to help move the country forward. I left Covenant College in 1994 and went home and was married that year in South Africa. And shortly before that was the Rugby World Cup of 1994. This was another really strong and powerful defining moment for the country because Nelson Mandela had this task of figuring out how to bring his nation together. And as you know, there's nothing quite like sporting events that can bring people together or divide and in a very sovereign and powerful way. Here you had a white man's sport being watched by the entire country and for the first time you had a black leader who arrived at the sporting event and came onto the field in the white man's rugby jersey and it just lit the country alive. It was, all, it was very symbolic of his wanting to reach out in love to his oppressors. And when South Africa won that World Cup, the country literally erupted and you saw blacks and whites celebrating together in a way that had never, ever been done. As we have reflected this week on the passing of Mr. Mandela, I think one of the things that we can capture is the beauty of a redemptive story being played out in his life. No matter how egregious an offense, retaliation is never the answer, but forgiveness and reconciliation is. And though people tried to steal the hope from his heart and to break his spirit, he never let them take that from him. I think something else that we can walk away with as we learn from his life is no matter how badly you've been oppressed or have suffered injustice, never let anyone take away your dignity. And how you respond to suffering is essentially a choice. You can choose to fight back or you can choose the way of peace, forgiveness, reconciliation and love. Nelson Mandela's life was a beautiful demonstration of what true humility looked like. There was nothing at all pretentious about him. He led by example and cared about all people. He modeled for the world what it meant to not be a prisoner of his own resentments, but out of his suffering, he maintained his enthusiasm for life and what was right. Nelson Mandela was definitely a man who changed the face of history. He taught the world that it is possible to reach out and love one's enemies through peace, forgiveness, and true reconciliation. He will always be remembered as one of the true great leaders of our time.